You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. The podcast that's been going so long we can remember when Rangers used to finish matches with 11 men. This week on Heart and Hand, Rangers rampant, Mockets meltdown. So welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name's David Edgar, I'm your host, and joining me this week is uh, Heart and Hand number two, it's Mr Ian Hogg. Good evening, young man. I hope uh, I hope Monday's been well to you. Monday has been fine. It's amazing how much more pleasant a Monday is after a Thursday through to, to Monday morning like we've had, which I'm looking forward to discussing. And making his debut on the flagship show, and thus becoming the first father-son partnership, it's uh, Founders Trail Ian McCall's son and uh, regular on the Heart and Hand Patreon site, Stuart McCall. Good evening, Stuart. Evening, David. Evening, Ian. How are we doing? Hope we're well. Yes, uh, lots to talk about, lads. And uh, a good weekend. And we'll talk about all aspects of it because I think it's it's important to contextualise uh, where the results have, have put us. Not so much in terms of league position or anything like that, way, way too early, but just in terms of feeling because there is a feeling around Rangers at the moment and there's a feeling around uh, our opposition at the moment which we'll come to but we'll start off with the Jers now we went over the the Maribor match on Heart and Hand Extra which came out on Friday so if you want to go back and have a listen to that you can me and David Marshall discuss them, uh, the Maribor match but it did set us up well for the weekend Rangers took on St Mirren at Ibrox on Sunday made a few changes to the starting lineup, and Hoggy the manager explained afterwards the thinking was, uh, he kind of mentioned that after a, a huge, big emotional match, which Thursday night was, that sometimes it can be a little bit like after the Lord Mayor's show, and he decided he would then put in a couple of bodies just for freshness. Uh, something that we will need to do, especially if we are going the Thursday-Sunday route. We talk about emotion, David, and um, uh, 10, 15, 20 years ago, the third qualifying round of the then UEFA Cup probably wouldn't have been as emotional, but 
look where we've been, look where we've come from. Um, Thursday, Thursday meant the world to the support. Thursday meant the world to the players. So I don't know about the players. I think I, I, I eventually got to sleep at something like four in the morning, which was great. <laughs> yeah. Which is superb when my alarm went off at six. Um, I can only imagine how the players must have been. So I, so I get the whole emotion. I get that it was draining. I wasn't surprised to see some changes at all. Probably one or two of the changes maybe surprised me over others that weren't made, maybe. Um, but I think um, without without you know spoiling, because I'm sure everyone knows the result, um, <laughs> we, got, we got the win. We got a clean sheet, which I think justifies the decisions. Thanks very much for listening, folks. We'll be out. No. Uh, <laughs> Cutting to the chase a bit too early there, um, but uh, you know nothing wrong with having a conclusion in mind. But yeah, Rangers uh, started a, a great display actually, Stuart. Before the match, um, Ibrox looked fantastic. I thought they they also had the the sort of those fire shooty things, which I don't know the name of, but it did build to the atmosphere. The display, which said our club, our city, it it, it was just fantastic. I thought. Uh, it was brilliant. They done a really, really good job. I thought the Union Bears. Um, I don't think people appreciate how much a hard work that is to get the display all set up. Um, and yeah, when the teams came out, it, it really sort of added to the atmosphere and just the general feeling at the club at the moment. Um, things like that are important. Things like that are important. That it just for so long at Rangers, you know, especially when nobody cared before that was running the club. They didn't do little extra things like this, but it does just add to, as you say, the good feeling around the club. I mean, if you're getting pumped every week, it doesn't help. I get that. But start of a season, you see something like that. We had the one before the match against uh, uh, Scoopy as well, the the, the, the blue and yeah. orange. And you, you just feel good. It looks amazing. You realise, wow, what a big club. And to have pulled something like this off, it's, it's incredible. No, definitely, definitely, and I think um, the players would have been maybe a wee bit surprised because coming off Europe, they probably thought that was the big nights, and then they walk out at a, what they call it, a run-in-the-mill league game, and they see the display, um, I definitely thought it was it was fantastic, and I think maybe helped the team on because it's quite hard coming off Europe sometimes, um, coming into a Sunday game, but no, they, they played really, really well, I thought. Yeah, it does. And I was a lot worried about that. I'm like, Hoggy, I, I came home, I was buzzing, and I did a podcast, you know, I did the post-match for Patreon and chatted away to the boys uh, on, on our WhatsApp or on Twitter whatever. And then about two in the morning, I went, I'm going to watch the game again. <laughs> watch the watch the full game. Um, it just, just was buzzing. So, yeah, I mean, that's got to have an effect on the players as well. And I was a little worried, if I'm being totally honest, about maybe there would be that flatness, which is... It happens after big matches. It's very, it's very common, and not just to us. To every every big club in the world, when you come off to play a lesser team, and of course we were playing um, St Mirren, now managed by Heart and Hand favourite Alan Stubbs. Now, Hoggy Cammy has asked me to reprise my Alan Stubbs impression from a couple of years ago, but I thought, well, I, I don't know if I want to do it because our manager, of course, is now Scouser, but. As Cammy said, yes, he's a scouser, but they're on completely different levels of class as human beings. 
So I might I might get to it later on, and no disrespect is meant to our beloved manager about that. Now, Hoggy, in response to our banner, I should point out that St Mirren fans had uh, brought a bed sheet, no doubt stolen from uh, a local. Uh, a local place, and uh, on it they had put, uh, your club is dead, your city is shite. Now, two lies on there, but the the thing that really struck me about it is the, the your club is dead thing doesn't bother me in the slightest, because you, know, you can believe what you like, you can believe the earth is flat, it's, it's entirely down to you. The fact there are 1,800 of you in the ground kind of tells that you don't think that. But uh, your city is shite, and that, look, that's fair, you don't have to like every city. Uh, that you visit, and, and nor will you. But when you're from fucking Paisley, uh, I, you know, put down the big stone and walk out of the greenhouse. I used to live in Paisley. I'm sorry, for, mate. I'm so sorry. For, for, I, for I, 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 did, I didn't know that. You know, I'll, I'll help you with any recovery. <laughs> well, I, I'm coming to that. For a grand total of about... 12 months because it was fucking horrible and um, no no offence to Bears from Paisley is, is meant um, but it, it wasn't great and <laughs> nice folk I'm sure you look at Glasgow's a huge vibrant sprawling city with architecture with history um, and with Rangers yeah if you're if you're coming as a St Mirren fan from Paisley to tell Glasgow that the city's shite, then there's not much you can say other than, well, that's fine. Why don't we take an airport the fuck away from your town then? Thanks very much, and we'll see how you got on then. I have nothing against Paisley. Um, try, you know, genuinely, if if I wanted stabbed, I would go there. Right, that would be my first city. The first city, lol. Uh, your first. Uh, <laughs> overgrown village that I would visit but uh, yeah I did laugh and again no offence to Paisley Bears but I mean you know what I'm talking about here lads let's not kid ourselves but anyway on to the game I thought Rangers started like a train and uh, we were two up inside 25 minutes and at that point I'd bet 4-0 before the game and I thought to myself David you have been too conservative here I thought we were going to rattle up 5 or 6 and the only hope I could see for them in that opening half an hour Stuart was that Rangers after an hour went we've got a big game on Thursday because we completely dominated them in every single aspect of the match Yeah, I, we, we started off brilliantly, I think as I said about the atmosphere helped um, we'll probably go into individuals but I think as a team we look fantastic, I think they look really, their shape looks terrific the pressing is there um, and then to get the, the first goal we got maybe we fortuitous with the mistake but we That's took advantage. Yeah, you, know, you have to take it. I mean, teams made yeah. mistakes against us last season, and we didn't do anything. So yeah, and he, you have to put it. So you actually feel he's going to score. Yeah. Um. So, aye. Um. But obviously, we'll come on to the red card. It, it changed it and just sort of ruined it a wee bit as a spectacle. But no, we were never in danger of losing it. To be honest with you, were we? No, absolutely not. And Hoggy, I think Stuart picks a good point there when he says that. It's about the team rather than the individuals. And I thought that the other day, um, where it was very much a team effort and everybody was doing their job. I like the fact, Hoggy, that when our manager speaks to us, he, he doesn't try and prove how clever he is and how many times he's read Inverting the Pyramid, nor does he talk to us in cliches. He, he comes out and he says things like about Thursday night, the first 15 minutes, or the, the, the second 
uh, half of the first half. I didn't think that uh, our, our shape was right. I thought our pressing had lost focus. I thought guys were going off and doing it on their own rather than in the collective. And it's like, yeah, th that's right. Thank you for talking to me about football, the game, rather than just meaningless cliches or about you know the, the stuff that goes on at the side of it. And I sense in the team that has, if you like, ruthless pragmatism is is very much becoming the ethos at the club. Um, on Thursday night, what you've just said about how how he how he spoke to the fans, albeit through through the, the through the medium of of an interview, he's talking to us as individuals. He's talking to us as football people. He's not talking about pitch geography after <laughs> we've just been lost four nil. Um, he's talking about he, he's talking the way that we would talk to each other, how football people talk to each other. Um, and he's just on a. I, I just find the manager just on on the level, but just on a on a different class level from many many other football uh, football managers. I think it's 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 superb and it's refreshing. It should be the it should be common. It should just be the norm, David. But it very very rarely is. So very encouraged by that. I, I do think it then translates through to the players. Um, I'm fairly sure, you know, he's talked before about the players shouldn't have to wait for the half-time bollocking to get started. I think that was almost his quote. Yeah. Uh, and the very next game, Rangers came out of the blocks and, and and do you know, start very well against Maribor. Um, on Sunday there, they came out like an absolute train. Morelos, uh, what, what's really, uh, what, what's really highlighted, been highlighted for me with Morelos is Gone is the snatching at lots of chances. Yes. And, and he's back to being a finisher. The finisher that we saw this time last year, he gets the ball, it's in the corner more often than not. If he, if, if he doesn't score, nine times out of ten, the keeper's making a save. That's night and day from March and April this year. Um, second goal... Second goal was, was... I had a, a real smile on my face. We scored from a corner kick. No, it was a free kick, but I'll take your point. Yeah, so a free kick, but you know, uh, but we scored piece. from we scored from a set piece into the box, and that's that's rare. Um, God, Ryan Kent was even missing the first man to make chances from corners. Um, so uh, the way Golson rose, you know, he just bullied the, the, the defender that was marking him. Powers ahead, they're in, and I think you really see it anytime we score a goal. Everyone seems to be involved. Mm. We've gone from an utter shambles in April and May to a club that feels united and feels together on the park, off the park, players, management, support. I think it is that that for me, it's only the middle of August. That that's that's actually amazing what's happened. Goldson Stewart is the best centre half that we have had. This decade, certainly since going down the divisions, discuss. Yes, yeah, <laughs> stands out. Um, he's just—you can just tell—he's a level above even a lot of our players. He's the leader in the defence. Um, he looks like a Premiership player. That sounds might sound a bit stupid because he's playing here, but I don't think it does. No, he, no. he looks like a Premiership player. Um, watching him talk other players through, like Katic and Tavernier and Flanagan, um, it's. It's nice to see because we've not, as you said, we've not had it in a number of years. Um, 
And again, that's I mean that's a couple of games where he's had to play with only ten men in the pitch, and he's not he's not looked flustered at all. Um, I thought he was an yeah, absolute rock on Saturday. We'll be lucky. We'll be lucky to keep him. I think beyond the end of next season. I don't want to disappoint any fans, but he's that good. I think he really is that good. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think I think Hoggy, if this guy doesn't have his heart issue, which is now resolved, you know, it's like anything else. You you have an injury, it gets fixed. It doesn't uh, automatically reoccur which is, seemed to be something that I think a few of our fans were concerned about. But if he doesn't have that, and he doesn't have, what, about an 18-month career hiatus, really, he's not playing in Scotland. No, no, no of course not. We, we've got him because of, his, because of his health problems. And do you know what? In 2018, I'm absolutely cool with that. Um, we've signed, I think you boys, you, both, you, you boys have both said it, Already, he's a player that's a class above what we've had. Maybe two, three, four, even five classes above what we've had. He isn't that good. Um, well, compared to Russell super... Martin, yes. <laughs> well, indeed. Infinity um, classes. <laughs> well, indeed. It'd be interesting to see what happens if he gets uh, if he gets abused in Asda, because I suspect who the, the the abusers might be carrying their teeth over in a bag. Mm. Um, but no, his uh, his health problems is the reason that we've got him. You know, let's make no bones about it. But he's cut. He's gone from the Premiership, granted, Brighton Hove Albion. He's come to a club. You know how many more times the size of Brighton, and he just seems to be relishing it. He seems to love. He revels in the atmosphere. He loves being a leader of the pitch. I don't care that he doesn't have the armband. I want, you know, I've spoken about this before, David, I want leaders throughout the spine of the team. Yeah. And he, he is the leader in the centre-half position. And it's, it's it's so refreshing to see a defender who wants to defend, who wants to encourage and coax and manage his players around him, and a guy who just wants to take the game by the scruff of the neck. It's, Christ, we've been crying out for that since bloody... David Weir and Magic Bagheera. When you've I think got... it should be pointed out that with the partnership, that's, that's the thing for me is that the manager mentioned the partnership. I think they've been together in every game. They've started the full and finished the full matches. Um, I think he mentioned a comment yesterday that I liked was that they like to defend. Mm. Um, and that's the most important thing for me. I think so. And I think that he talks young Cattage through the games. And I think that you see how much... It's great because he listens to him. You know, he doesn't. Uh, he does what he's told, <laughs> and that's what you need as a youngster to have someone there learn from him. Uh, and it's it's looking already like a very good partnership. Although we'll obviously face significantly better attacks than than St Mirren's at the weekend, but they both have shown already. That I think that they're good players. And it's now just about seeing if they can settle in more and improve. But in terms of Hoggy's point about leaders out the team, when everybody's fit, you have. Shaggering goals. You have Goldson at centre half. You have Ryan Jack in midfield. Captains. They are. They don't need an armband. Although obviously Goldson had it. He's a vice captain when Tav was was uh, on the bench uh, at the weekend. But the other one I want to pick out. Um, making his debut. Sixty minutes. Stuart was taken off because he was on a yellow, which was understandable because clearly we couldn't risk going down to nine men. Um, but. I thought a very accomplished debut, terrific delivery and rewarded with his first assist for Rangers. It won't be his last. Uh, Borna Barisic, uh, still this guy, 1.5 million. I'm still wondering who we diddled to get that deal done. 
Yeah. Um, going to use one of the phrases that people hate. He's got a wand of a left foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he has got a. He's got an elegance about him. To be fair, he just looks. Looks like a footballer. He's he's big. He's strong. Um, he's quick. Actually, I never realised how quick he was, but he was quite quick across the ground. Um, and yeah, for his debut first hour, I thought he put in some really really good deliveries. Um, wasn't scared of a challenge, and and he's going to be a, a really really good player for us. Definitely, I think there's a good chance he's going to make that left back spot his own um, in the coming weeks. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see what he's got to offer us. Hoggy. Fodderingham, Tavernier, Alves, Martin, John, now reads McGregor, Tavernier, Katic, Goldson, Barisic. Fucking hell. I mean, there's you know, talk of an upgrade. What did, what did I ask for as soon as Stephen Gerrard arrived? I wanted a new defence because we all did because it was honking. Um, and we've got one. I guess in hindsight, probably a little bit surprised that Tavernier actually actually made it, um, actually made the cut. But he had Tavernier this season so far. I think there's been a few defensive wobbles. Goldson's generally there to sweep up and cover up behind him, and Tavernier's generally been very very good. The others, they've just slotted in as if they've all played alongside each other. It comes from for me. It comes from McGregor and Goldson. Um, and they, they're effectively just managing the guys around him, and that includes Tavernier. And then, of course, you've got Barisic at the weekend. He's only played an hour. I think I text you guys 10 minutes into the game, simply saying, we've we've signed a proper left-back. He was, I thought, superb. For his debut, he's, he's, gone, he's come from a, a Croatian club that gets five, 6,000. He's in front of 50,000 folk, wall of noise type stuff. And he just strolled his way through the game. He is utter, utter quality player. Um, probably wouldn't be with us for seasons and seasons again. But I tell you what, 1.5 million. Jeez, oh, we, we're going to make an absolute shitload of money on him. Yeah, we are. We're going to make a killing. Now, I thought up to this point that uh, Ross McCrory had been playing well. Uh, he was, uh, according to the manager, he said that he was in the side to break up play, keep the ball moving. And I thought he was doing it very well. Uh, evidenced by the fact that it was all us and it really did look like how many are we going to get today but uh, after 31 minutes Jamie Murphy lost the ball in the middle of the park it was played through to the big Dane that uh, St Mirren have up front he was, I thought, hearing in on goal looked clean through to me it happened right in front of where I sit at Ibrox in the main stand uh, Ross McCrory made the, the last ditch attempt to get him uh, to get the ball, sorry, didn't manage. Uh, unfortunately, brought the guy down. Referee red carded him. I have to be honest. Uh, much as I would like to, actually, I wouldn't. You know, I'd prefer not to talk about refs at all. But uh, I would prefer to say, you know, bastard ref done young Ross. But I didn't think he did. I did think it was a red card. For those who perhaps are saying, well, I thought now that last man fouls aren't uh, an automatic red card. They're not. And there is a uh, red card. was all, uh, Last man, sorry, was always a bit of a misnomer. It was preventing a goal-scoring opportunity. But they brought in a rule that said if you make a genuine attempt to play the ball inside the box, i.e. a tackle, not a pull-down or whatever, uh, or a push or a handball, uh, something like that. But if you make a genuine attempt to play the ball, then because... The penalty is awarded. 
you don't get a red card because double jeopardy. You've been punished twice for one, for for one offence. But if it happens outside the box, even if it is a genuine attempt to play the ball, it is a red card because obviously the opposition don't get the penalty. And the reason for that is to stop when a guy is heading through on goal, defenders just sliding in and half in him, knowing that, oh, well, it's outside the box, won't be a penalty, and I won't get a red card. So that's why it is, uh, and that's the, the slight discrepancy. Now, some people have also said, well, why wasn't the Aberdeen guy sent off last week? Because the ref made a shocking decision. He absolutely should have been sent off as well because it wasn't a genuine attempt to play the ball. Ross McCrory's was 100% a genuine attempt to play the ball. Some people said there were guys on the cover. I think that was debatable, and I've got to admit, my first instinct, Hoggy, was that it was a red card. Yours was, yeah, and and I said at the time that where, where I sit in the Eastern Closure, it looked slightly different. It looked as if we did have cover. However, I've watched it since. I absolutely no complaints with it. It's it's a it's a red card all day long. I do think, I do think young, young Ross has got to probably think about diving into tackles like that. We might have had the cover come across. More likely, the guy gets his shot away. But then, of course, he's got to get by Alan McGregor. So, personally, I would have rather that the, the bloke scored and made it 2-1 and we've still got 11 men in the park because I suspect we go on and win 6 or 7-1. Um, as it was, it kind of took the wind out of our sails a wee bit and we just had to play... We, we had to play just a real containing game. And I guess that, that was containing St Mirren, but maybe even more so our own stamina given what's coming up, David? Yeah, uh, I... Look, it's a lot to process because in that split second, when it just unfolds, and it unfolds suddenly because obviously we've lost the ball, it's a very quick turnaround. And Ross McCrory goes on instinct, which is go and make the tackle. What we're asking him to do, and it's something I think you learn, you can learn it with experience, but we're asking him to process all very quickly, you know, within a nanosecond, we're asking him to process. He's clean through. If I half him... If I dive in and don't get the ball, I'll get red carded. I might as well let him run in and have a shot because Al McGregor's in goal. And even if it goes in, you know, we're still 11 v 11, we'll hammer them. You're asking him to process an awful lot very quickly. And I don't think you can. What I think you can do is gain the experience to kind of know all that automatically. And you just say to yourself, I'll run in and pressurise him. It is just about experience. Stuart, your take on the red, first of all. Yeah, it was a red card. I was behind it in the Copeland. Um, I thought of the game, same as Hoggy, that was cover, but watching it back, um, it was unfortunate that the, the lad that he took down was, was pretty quick. Um, he's went in, he's made a decision, and uh, he, he will learn from it. I, I've seen a wee bit of criticism of him, um, McCrory, and I did think he was playing okay in that role. I thought he was knocking the ball about quite well. Um, there is a lot of expectation on him after last season, um, but I think he's under the right stewardship under Gerard to progress and learn. I think he's smart enough to learn. Um, but he, he made that split second decision, and unfortunately, he's cost him. But as you said, um, the most important thing is that he does learn from it, doesn't he do it again? Um, that's that's all we can ask from him, I suppose. He's had I think a kind the of... one thing. Uh, sorry, David. I think the one thing there to take into account. You look at the guys who started. You've got you know young guys, Katic, McCrory. Kent, Koulibaly, our Koulibaly, uh, Ejaria and Morelos. There's there's six guys who are, what, 21, 22 and under. Mm. Um, 
if you play this, if you play that amount of youngsters, of course they're getting coached through the game by McGregor and Golson, etc. If you play that amount of youngsters, you're going to get mistakes. And we got one from McCrory at the weekend. Don't hang him out to dry, folks. You know because he he has clearly got the quality that he's going to turn into. I think a top kind of uh, defensive midfield player. But expect mistakes, you know, that that's what happens. As long as they're not game-changing mistakes, then I'm, I'm quite cool with that. I, I think we should be able to cope with that. Um, yeah, I, I think he's had a kind of stuttery start to the season. And yes, he was playing well before it happened, but it's a red card and, you know, it, it, that follows on. He's, he's been in and out of the team. He had the poor match against Scoopy away. They all did. Um, but I think that... He does need. We need to cap him down a little because I think last season we probably let our heads run away with ourselves a wee bit about him, and it wasn't his fault. It was the fact that he is a good player and he could be a very special one. But last year was so fucking dismal that we needed desperately something, some little chink of light that we could you know, look at and say, well, look, you know, and I think that what we might have done, and I'm guilty of this, is to take Ross McCrory and build him up too much in our minds. Whereas Hoggy, you're absolutely correct. He is a good youngster, a really good youngster with an awful lot of potential who will make mistakes and needs to learn. And we have to allow him to do that. And I think as well that maybe, you know, he was getting into the team, he's not been starting. He maybe was desperate to impress and sometimes you can overdo things when you're like that and maybe you know Gerard goes on constantly about Cammy mentioned this in the post-match Gerard goes on constantly about clean sheets you know it's the first thing he says usually is are you happy with that yeah with clean sheet and he's instilling that method and uh, that theory into the players clearly and they're buying into it so uh, I do think he maybe just saw the guy here and through in goal and clean sheet you know and you know he just he had to get there um and I thought that Stevie G's comments afterwards where he said, you know, I can't I can't uh, come out here and protect him because I thought it was a red card. Uh, he'll learn from it. The rest of the lads got him out of trouble. Uh, I think the manager isn't doing that thing that we heard that Warburton did, which is mistakes were just written off and it didn't matter. Whereas I think with him, he's not going to bury the guy because of it. He's not going to publicly lambast him. But equally, he will be taken aside and, you know, they'll discuss it. And I get the impression with the youngsters, and this is as it should be in any walk of life, Hoggy, you can make mistakes. Of course you can. You don't make them twice. You learn from them. And that is what you should aspire to. Exactly that. And, uh, you know, he he will get... He'll learn from it. He'll be a better guy and a better player because of it. And he'll get coached through it by Stephen Gerrard, by Gary McAllister... Uh, by Alan McGregor and Goldson and Tavernier. One of the things that Stephen Gerrard said after the game about about the incident was, I think, really telling about just, as I say, a club, a players, management team has really come together. When he said something along the lines of, uh, yes, it was a red card, etc., etc., but the players in the dressing room must uh, must think an awful lot of Ross in the way that they pulled together to, to dig out the result for him. And I, th- I genuinely think that speaks volumes for that dressing room atmosphere. Yeah, I think so. And uh, into the second half, you know, St Mirren hit the, the, the bar, we hit the post, but apart from that, I, I don't really remember them making much. I thought we controlled it 
thought Hart and Handler Sana Koulibaly was fantastic and it really it became as, as Hoggy said Stuart in the last half hour our guys were just we've won this game if we don't do anything stupid we don't need to go nuts with a big game on Thursday and I just thought it was very professional yeah um, as I said at the beginning it was a run of the middle game but they seen it out like we, we used to see under Walter a wee bit I'm not comparing them in any way but that's what they used to do they sat in played the counter attack a wee bit made them what cards still St Mirren and the defence was just strong so yeah we, we never gave them any sight of goal I don't think I think there maybe a couple of half chances um, but yeah you, you can feel it and sitting in your seat I felt comfortable the whole day I didn't feel like there was any threatens at all and I think that's quite good for the team at this stage you know it's solid foundations have been put in already just to grind out those results get the um, three points and that's it um, quite encouraging I must say yeah absolutely and look um, to put it in the context of the weekend Celtic had played Hearts on Saturday Hearts beat them 1-0 Celtic as everybody knows uh, are having a rather public spat between their their manager and their board and uh, one of the players as well now Dedrick Boyata has, has basically told them he's not playing he wants to leave and this is all playing out in the public with you know the board briefing to certain journalists and Rogers briefing to certain other ones. Uh, it's all very unedifying and, and bloody fun to watch. And Rogers, you know, picked a strange team. Uh, they duly lost. Uh, Hearts were excellent. Uh, our boy Kyle Lafferty scoring for two teams on Saturday morning, and uh, you know they lost the match. What was big to me was things have been going well for us. We're happy. We like the manager. We like the team. They're playing well. They're getting the results. We go into this match. Now, every time we got close, remotely close to Celtic, and I mean, you know, when I say close, uh, when, when we could see their boots on the ladder 10 rounds ahead and they gave us the the nearest glimmer of being able to maybe get closer to them, we would uniformly, without exception, fuck it right up spectacularly. And... There were certain results with Celtic had last season where towards the end where they would draw or, or lose or whatever. And it didn't matter because they knew it didn't matter. We weren't going to trouble them. It, it wasn't it wasn't an issue. It was important for us psychologically and important for us in terms of putting a bit more pressure on them at the moment psychologically to get that result, Hoggy, because we can't affect what happens with Celtic directly, apart from in our, our matches, obviously. But what we can do and what we haven't done is look after our own business. And if they can see, because they have quite clearly for the last few years and quite rightly thought, Rangers are a joke, we don't need to worry about them. If they begin to suddenly go, oh, wait a minute here, now nah, this is, you know, they're, they're serious here, then that gives us a chance of at least seeing how they handle it. And we haven't even got close to doing that in the last couple of years that's because the last few years there, there there wasn't that mentality in the dressing room there wasn't that mentality from a manager failure was tolerated um failure is going to be no longer tolerated which is good it's rangers rangers and the rangers support should never ever lower our expectations or lower our standards um Sadly, those in the dressing room, those in the those in the dugout, have done over the last few years, um, and that's not even getting into what happened. So, therefore, 
last season, you're right. We 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 would have we would have lost to Kilmarnock or whatever as we did fairly regularly. This season, I I, I described to you guys that Saturday uh, sorry Sunday was a must win game, and that sounds bloody ridiculous in in, in match day two, um, but it felt as if it was a must win for no other. I, I want us to win first and foremost, but then I feel at the minute we've got to give them a bloody nose somewhere along the lines. Now, it doesn't always have to be by playing them because we've still got the back to come. Hearts deserved a victory against Celtic at the weekend. Um, as amusing as it was, as the off-field stuff is getting quite amusing, etc., um, it's nice to have a laugh for a wee change, David. Us getting the victory on, on Sunday was vitally important because that just ramps, that just you know, cranks up the pressure just a little bit more, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Because personal opinion is, I don't think they have a manager that particularly handles pressure very well, mm. um, and I think we can see that starting already. Stuart, there's only one club in the world who could win a double treble, including an undefeated season, win it in a canter, hammer their biggest rivals twice towards the end of that season, spend £9 million on a striker and then erupt in a civil war for no fucking reason. Uh, and that club is Celtic. Yes. Um, I think that they've basically hit the glass dealing. Um, it has been quite amusing, as you just said, over the last week or so, but I believe that the gap between Europe's top teams and them is bigger than what their manager has probably predicted and I don't think he fancies getting another few beatings in Europe again this season Well it's quite um, clever of him then to, to try and get them knocked yeah. out beforehand, you've got to admire that <laughs> um, And I think that, you know, Celtic are bored to realise that they're in Scottish football and they can't go and spend millions and millions like their fans want them to do, so I think they've probably been quite sensible about it um, the manager doesn't want that and I start I don't know, just listen to him and watch the man, just get the feeling that he doesn't particularly fancy this as much as he did. Um, which is quite funny in itself, to be, to be honest. Um, and I think as well, as, as you touched on about the match, there was that feeling because, you know, if, they, if, we, if they're 10, 15 points ahead of us come October, November, then they go away to Easter Road. It's, it's, it's nothing really there, but if we're still a couple of points behind our level or such, it does add that bit of pressure on. Um, that's all we can do, take care of our own business. Um, win our games that we should win, um, which, let's be honest, should be most weeks, um, and put them under a bit of pressure because they've not had to deal with that pressure for two years, two, three years. Um, for a few Stuart, for eight. <laughs> for eight, eight years. Eight, eight years. <laughs> um, I mean, just recently under Rodgers, but they've not had to deal with any sort of pressure here, and it'd be quite good to see how they react. They don't look like they're reacting too well, to be honest with you, not just with us, I just mean the bigger picture. So, yeah, I want to continue um, and hopefully we'll get a good result tomorrow night to put them out. Uh, the, the, well, they've lost one game, Hoggy. They've drawn one game in Europe and lost one game and there were pictures all over Twitter of them knocking fuck out of each other on High Street on Saturday night. So, <laughs> yeah, we, we have long said on here, and I think you have as well, I think we all have, that it would be interesting to see what would happen if they got put under pressure because Celtic fan their biggest nightmare is us winning 55 right and they know it'll happen inevitably um, and when it does happen they will go tonto that was a reaction to losing one game 
I've, I think if we can put them under pressure where we're just on their shoulder, dogged all the time, keep them going, pick up results against them, that's crucial, but just keep keep on, keep there, keep right up at the top of the table. I think the pressure they'll put on their club, their, their manager and their team will be intolerable. Rewind 15 months, David, um, and go up to Dingwall. Um, Celtic draw 1-1. Ross County get a penalty that's never a penalty in his life, it's a dive. And it's all we heard about for one full week. Celtic were about 4.6 million points clear at the top of the league at the time. And looking as if they were going to win the treble, which they did. Um, but it's all we heard about all week from the players, from Christy, they, they wheeled out Ronnie Dahlia to come back and talk about it. Rodgers talked about it incessantly a full week. That was a 1-1 draw against Ross County when everything was rosy. Imagine what it's going to be like when inevitably the pendulum swings. Um, I think we got a little taste of that on Saturday and then into Sunday with our game. Uh, High Street was uh, High Street events were all over Twitter Um, I can never ever condone that uh, David, absolutely never You never ever want to see Tim on Tim fighting Never ever, ever Honest Um, It's it's going to be interesting All All I want I just want us to take care of our business We win our games If pressure's, you know, cranked up Fine if Dedrick Boyata wants to continue uh, his continue strike, strike all year for all I care, big man. No, I don't, uh, because I'd like him to be in the team when we play them. Well, yeah, there is that too. Um, but, as I say, as, as as amusing as the past few days has been, let's, I'm not getting carried away. Let's, we look after ourselves. Yeah. And, and I, I'm more than happy, as I say, to watch it unfold on the other side of the city. One uh, one thing that obviously came out of that match, Kyle Lafferty uh, looks as though he's on his way back to Rangers this week. And uh, uh, look, at first when I heard the sign, I thought oh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, well, that seems a bit different to what Gerald's been going for. But then it, it did sort of occur to me that, well, hang on a minute. One thing Kyle Lafferty's very good at, if you've watched him for Northern Ireland or for Hearts or whoever, is playing up front on his own. And that's what Rangers really do with a striker at the moment. Not on his own, he's got wide players, but he has to occupy the two centre-halves. That's a a specific role. Not every striker can do it. And there are better strikers who play differently to Kyle Lafferty who can't. It's just something he's good at. And I thought, well, actually, you know, for the money, for what you know you'll get from him, the fact the fans like him, he's not going to play ahead of Morelos if they're both fit. But if you want to give Morelos a break... You need someone who can come in and do that role. He needs to be that type of striker. And Stuart, I, I think Lafferty. I, yeah, I can see. I can absolutely see the sense in that. I still think we would need another one, but yeah, I get the, I get what the thinking is. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because I think on Saturday for Hearts he played on the left side of a front three, maybe. Um, and I was quite intrigued by that because I thought he also played there before for us as well. Um, he scores goals in big games. He does the business, and you can't take that away from him. You know, most times he's asked a question, he's got the answer there. And um, yeah, I think for the money that's getting touted, I think we will end up paying. It. I think he'll be here come the end of the week, and um, yeah, I'm excited to see him. I, th- I think he'll be a good addition. And the same as you, though, I think I would like another one because um, 
and it's going to be a long season. If we get into the Europa League group stages, we're going to need options. And um, I don't know if Sadiq is going to cut it. No. Um, well, that's very uh, yeah, an interesting character is Big Sadiq. Uh, sometimes <laughs> yeah. doesn't look fully in control of all his limbs. I get the impression he's going to be a guy that does some things that are unbelievable and then makes some errors that are unbelievable. And I, I don't think you're ever going to know what you're going to get. I can, I can see what he's trying to do, I, I think, and so can he, but it's just about putting everything together. Yeah. Um, a wee bit difficult. He's got ability, he's, he's got ability and he's got attributes to his game, but in terms of what we need right now, I think we, we do need a proven goal scorer, and at Lafferty's price, he'll get his goals for the season. So yeah, hopefully that's, that's complete soon. Just before we move on to the Maribor game, Hoggy, um, one thing that someone asked me was the Heart Celtic game that it was quite amusing to see Stephen Naismith run all over them and he really clearly, always has and clearly does despise them. And do we therefore kind of think, yeah, with age and whatnot and people make mistakes, how do you feel about maybe forgiving the wee Judas rat bastard? Um, no. No, no I'm the same, I'm the same. Um, Although it didn't I, hurt, I, it didn't hurt. However, it was, it was wonderful to see... Um, Naismith clearly he's, he's clearly a Rangers fan right he he made an appallingly ridiculous mistake that it is, it is tough to forgive right the the leaving wasn't the issue for me it was the press conference Correct. fine um, moving on several, several, several years from that is Saturday was just a player who wanted to trample all over the top of them, and he he, he did almost quite literally. Um, I think he there there was a guy along with Lafferty actually. They both get quite similar attributes. They are not scared. They will not be kind of you know uh, put in a box if you like by by the Celtic players, and they will stand up and fight for all their worth. And he fair did that on Saturday, and and you know. Likewise, so did Lafferty. Yeah, it's that, and it's the transplant of that that we need into our team with McGregor, with Lafferty. Guys, we've spoken about this before, the the scar tissue that's in a lot of our players, that unfortunately when it comes to playing Celtic, they are losers, and their mindset is that of losers, and we need guys who just do not have that and will never have it. Shagger will never have it. Lafferty will never have it. He's proven it at hearts, you know. Um, but just before we leave that game, I just want kudos to the Twitter user who described Celtic's Rather unlovely wide player Johnny Hayes as looking like Deadpool's foreskin, which I thought was magnificent, and uh, you could certainly see the the comparison. Not not a fortunate looking chap, lads. I think it's fair to say. No, I think we should also just point out the uh, the Hearts Twitter feed um, after the game with the groundsman. Um, They've won that war, the social media war already. I think this season, to be, to be fair. Oh um, yeah, the, the grass so, cutting after the match. The for those yeah. of you who are not on Twitter, they pointed out that Hearts posted a picture of their groundsman mowing the lawn and said, "Better late than never." Um, and again, you know, it all, it all ties into it. Once people start laughing at you rather than fearing you, that's when that's when things are starting to change. So hopefully, but anyway, we've got a much bigger thing to. Much bigger fish to fry, and that is NK Maribor Thursday night away from home. They warmed up for it with a 5-0 victory. They were three up inside half an hour. They are going to come flying out the traps at us, Hoggy. And look, this game is not done. 
Oh, no chance. You know, we were we were good for our three-one-one last Thursday night. We thoroughly deserved it. The first half, first twenty, we were great. Following twenty-five, uh, average to poor, and then we come flying out the blocks in the second half. We thoroughly deserved it. If not, we 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 might have won by maybe one or two more. Um, three-one gives us a cushion, but all they need is one goal, and they are right back in it. I do believe, however, that we have more than enough about us to score over there. More than enough. And I do think they're going to have to score three times to get anywhere near to a, vic- uh, a, a victory on aggregate. So we need to contain them for the first 5-10. I do then want to see us go at them. I don't particularly want to be on the back foot for the entire game because I do think we've got the players to hurt them. You'll get the ball out wide, play it over the top, get Morelos turning against their number four, I forget his name, who was appalling. Um, and really, really just trying, try and get their defenders turned and our players going at them. And if we do that, I, th- I think we'll be fine. Um, but David, you and I have long, spoke again, long spoken about um, scarred European memories. Um, and I, I've certainly got into the game knowing it's not done and with some trepidation. Ah, what worries me slightly, Stuart, is approach, and I know the gaffer will, will get the right one. That's already trust him fully to do that. He knows what he's doing. But I have seen in the past, and Hoggy has as well, Rangers teams in Europe and other teams. It happens when you go over there and you've got something to hold on to, and your mindset has you sit back and try and protect what you've got and let the other team get the early dominance. And I, I agree with Ollie. I'd like to see us come out and try and be proactive rather than just reactive to what they do because I don't want to be in a position where it's half an hour in, we're a goal down and we haven't been out of our half yet. Yeah, um, I've been kind of tossing between the two whether or not we should look at playing McCrory at the back um, and sitting in, but... Seeing how high Maribor played last week, high up the pitch, I think we'll have a lot of um, success going over the top of them again like we did last week and behind. Um, we've got pace up top and I think we should go out and just try and play our own game and not worry too much because, as you said, if we go in defensively and we can't get out of the half and we lose a goal, then we're going to need to come out and play. So I think we may as well start that way. Um, it will be a lot harder last week as you said I think you said they won five by five goals there yeah. um, at the weekend um, this is a tough test but, but I think what will prove to be is that the third goal last Thursday night will prove to be huge um, because it you know, didn't look like it was coming maybe but we managed to get it I think we'll have enough to get through um, I trust the manager to be pragmatic enough on the night um, and I think our back line and our goalkeeper will, will see us through Um that's what I'm hoping for anyway, yeah. Uh, Hoggy, just before we wrap up um, for this week, or for this episode, we'll be back on Friday with uh, post, post-Maribor, post but uh, the BBC um, don't get on with Rangers, I think it's fair to say. Um, they don't like us, we don't like them. But I thought they hit a new low this weekend when they had an interview with Alan Stubbs from Ibrox. They're not allowed in. Well, they are allowed in. They just choose not to come. One of them isn't allowed in. The the guy that looks a wee bit like, um, you know, the wee specky twat looks a wee bit like a kind of chicken's abortion. There's his name, McLaughlin. He's not allowed in, so the rest of them don't come in solidarity. So they had an interview with Alan Stubbs after the game on his mobile phone. What the fuck? 
Um, two new lows, that was one of them. The other one was, I think they had a St Mirren supporting reporter tweeting pictures in, in with the St Mirren fans. Um, do you know, BBC Scotland are becoming a parody when it comes to Rangers. We we took away press, priv- uh, press privileges for Chris McLaughlin. Not for anyone else. Um, I pay my licence, David, I'm sure you do. And as a football supporter, I'm not getting parity. That's not a first in modern day Scotland when it comes to our club. Um, and all I can hope for is that BBC Down South, now that we've got the, 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 the lens through Stephen Gerrard, if you like, all I can hope is that BBC in London start to look at it and think, you phoned him on his mobile. Mm. You've got a guy in the St Mirren end. What the hell is going on? Because surely that's going to happen sooner rather than later. And then they get to the, then they'll get to look through the back catalogue of um, of pictures from Ibrooks from the tree a hundred <laughs> yards away on the day that Gerard signs, um, and and all the way through the past you know couple of years, it's it's pathetic. Um, uh, do you know what? I I'm actually I'm, I'm more than happy if the if BBC just never come back. But see if that happens, every single Rangers supporter is due a refund of the license fee, and I wonder if we would get that. Oh, I doubt it very much. But uh, yeah, good interview. Go back and listen to it, folks. Uh, they phoned him up, and uh, of course, neutral BBC Richard Gordon said uh, Rangers are cunts. Eh? And he went, yeah, Rangers are fucking cool. I can't believe it. By the way, so uh, that's there's the interview, and there's impression for Cammy. Okay folks, thank you very much for joining us. If you want to hear more from us and why wouldn't you? Um, because uh, we're, we're pretty damn good I think. Um, then you can go to our Patreon site which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand where you will get usually three, sometimes four, even five shows per day on all things Rangers. Uh, history, current events, news player profiles, you name it, we do it, including an interview this week with Craig Moore in which uh, he said, ask us anything, and we did, yes, we did talk about the Olympics, so that is very much worth checking out, please go and have a look at that. If not, you just want to continue to listen to the two free ones, I don't blame you, we'll be back on Friday after we take on Maribor, hopefully heading into the next round of the Europa League. Thank you very much to my two guests this evening, first of all, Mr Stuart McCall. Absolute pleasure, David, thanks very much for having me on. And the lovely Mr Ian Hogg. Thanks, David. Solid, solid debut from yourself, young Stuart. Well done, and uh, and onward to Thursday. Thanks, our executive producers, London Mike, 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 me, Mike Lee, and Paul Miles. We will be back uh, on Friday. Until then, more the bells. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Network.